Consumption tax will tax us based on the percent of the thing we're buying. If I'm somebody who's shopping for necessities like groceries, for example, I would pay a lower tax rate for that thing than someone who's shopping for, say, the latest and greatest shiny G8 private jet. Hey, welcome back to Better Wealth Reacts. My name is Caleb Williams, and in today's video, we're going to be reacting to a portion of an Andre Jake video talking about the consumption tax, and he dives into the pros and cons of that. What what I wanted to do is show you the, the second half of the video because I think he does such an amazing job explaining what is the consumption tax, what are the pros, what are the cons. I'll give you my two cents throughout the video, but really wait till the end until as I share with you my final thought. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with Um, as we open this up, I want to be very, very clear that right now, I don't believe that this is something that you either have to worry about or um, should get excited about. I actually asked Ken Keyes, who's like one of the top tax lobbyists on a podcast uh, I had uh, recently with him. And he said that this is a talking point. It's not something that um, you, we should be worried about. Um, but I think it's really important to know what are certain what are certain people saying and, and what are the pros, what are the cons? Because right now we have Republicans and Democrats and, and they don't seem to be getting along and there seems to be going back and forth. And this whole consumption tax is something that would be kind of like very revolutionary. I see some pros to it. I also see that there could be some cons. And like I say, I will leave my final reaction to the end of this video. So without further ado, let's jump in. I'll put the entire video link uh, down below so that you can go check out Andre. He does a phenomenal job storytelling. He has magic throughout his videos. And so without further ado, let's let's hear him out. Reintroducing the Fair Tax Act. Now, the Fair Tax Act is an idea from the House of Representatives. And what it wants to do is it wants to defund the IRS and to create something called the National Consumption Tax. Now, the National Consumption Tax is not a new idea. It's been proposed as early as 1974, then again in 1999, and again in 2011 and 2015, and again in 2021, and again this year. I probably missed a couple dates, but you get the idea. It's been tried a lot, and here's how it works. Unlike an income tax, which taxes us based on how much money we make, a National Consumption Tax will tax us based on the percent of the thing we're buying. So when we go shopping, for example, that store would charge us a percent of the item that we're buying. So you might be thinking, okay, so like a sales tax, not exactly. A sales tax is a flat tax, irregardless of what you're spending money on, that's based on what state you're in. For example, here in Nevada, our sales tax is 8.4%, and it's pretty much the same regardless of what we're buying. Now, a national consumption tax would vary depending on. So for example, if I'm somebody who's shopping for necessities, like groceries, for example, I would pay a lower tax rate for that thing than someone who's shopping for, say, the latest and greatest shiny G8 private jet. So if that jet, for example, costs $50 million MSRP, that person might have to pay $75 million. And and what the point is, is you don't necessarily get a loophole. Um, you would have to pay that based on the consumption item. So you could see where this could be problematic, but you could also see where there's less loopholes for the wealthy when it comes to that, because a lot of times they're paying no income tax because they understand tax strategy. And then they're going and buying things like airplanes and stuff. Um, and so all, all that to say, um, that is, it's very, it's very, very interesting concept. A 50% national consumption tax because that item is considered more of a luxury good. This would get rid of complicated tax loopholes and we wouldn't have to stress about filing our taxes by April and try to find efficient tax strategies because we will have already paid our taxes by buying the things we buy anyway. 
anyway. And the thinking is if we can simplify the tax code and get rid of the income taxes, we wouldn't even need the IRS or their agents to come after the middle class and their incomes or their Venmo accounts for- <laughs> I would say on the flip side though, is you, each company would be like trying to, like you wouldn't wanna be the company that's like massively getting taxed for your luxury good. And so I would, I would imagine that you wouldn't have nearly the headache from a standpoint of income tax, but every company would wanna figure out like who determines um, what taxes you have to pay. Like I, I'm sure that would create a lot of friction and um, there'd probably be all kinds of people saying this luxury good is a necessity to lower the tax. So I'm not sure how we would regulate that, but it's a very interesting thought process. We're sending more than $600. And the thinking is the national consumption tax is actually a really good idea because it encourages the economy to grow by encouraging employment, saving, and investing. And those are all great ideas we can get behind. So then here's the question. If this Politics. is such a good idea, yeah. why haven't we already done it? This is because like everything else, it all comes down to politics and there are some pros yeah. and cons that you should know about. The first benefit of having a national consumption tax code is simplicity. It makes it a lot easier for people to understand how taxes work in comparison to our overly complicated and broken income tax code. Just try asking someone right now what the marginal taxes mean. Just try it. No one's gonna be able to explain to you that our incomes are taxed at different tiers. And I've seen a lot of people think that if they make a dollar more and if they go into the next tax bracket, that their entire income is now taxed at a higher rate. I've seen people purposely make less money just to avoid paying more taxes, but that's just not, not how it works. works. And it's crazy because we have very, very smart people come work with us. We have a tax company at Better Wealth and they believe the same thing. They're like, hey, I don't wanna make more money because I'll get bumped up into the next tax bracket, which they think retroactively they have to pay all the taxes. You're only paying on the next, like if you're the next tax bracket is on the next amount of income, you're still, you're still getting, you're paying the same amount like everybody else lower. And so it's not like you're paying that on every, it's not like retroactively hurting you. It's only, it's only in the amount of money that's in that next tax bracket. So huge misconception. It's kind of blows my mind that that most people don't understand how taxes work because it affects everybody. But that just goes back to his point of a lot simpl simpler. The second benefit of having a national consumption tax is that by not taxing income or wealth, you encourage people to actually work, save, and invest, and the argument is that it encourages economic growth. The third benefit is more transparency. More people would be able to actually see exactly how we pay our taxes and where they're going, and it's a lot easier to track how much the government is making. The fourth benefit is that rich people can't cheat on their taxes. I don't like the word cheat, but yes, creatively get around not paying taxes. There are no tax loopholes because people pay their taxes the moment they buy something. And that means the government would be able to raise more money from taxes and therefore help lower the national debt, which has gotten out of control. Now, as good as the national consumption tax sounds, it's not perfect and there are some downsides. The first drawback is that consumption taxes can sometimes become what's called regressive. This means it disproportionately affects the lower income people. That means that a larger portion of their income would be spent towards their necessities. Now, this is actually a drawback in comparison to 
our current system because in our current system, if you don't make enough money, you don't have to pay any taxes. But this new system would force those people to pay taxes when they otherwise might not be able to afford it. The second drawback of national consumption taxes is that wealthier people might end up paying the exact same amount of taxes as the lower income people. Think about it. If you're making $500,000 a year and you're spending money on the exact same necessities as someone making $50,000 a year, in theory, you'd be paying the exact same amount in taxes. Drawback number three, it would create compliance costs for businesses. This means businesses would have to hire new employees and create new departments to communicate with the government to take the money in and to pay them. And that's just a new system that would have to be created. But hey, I'd rather be their problem than my problem, if you know what I mean. But one of the things I just want to point out is any business cost gets passed on to the consumer. That's that's what I think a lot of times, like the whole minimum wage conversation, which will be probably another video I do in the future. It's like raise minimum wage, raise minimum wage, raise minimum wage. Okay, we'll raise minimum wage. Who do you think will ultimately pay that in the long run? You, the consumer. It's not just going to be magically like companies are not just going to magically like raise minimum wage and have their profit margins shrink. They're going to figure out all their ways to be more profitable, which in a lot of cases raises rates. And so it, the same thing goes with like, I would rather be their problem well, in a way that's going to transfer on us in the long run. Drawback number four is that the cost of used yep. items would go up significantly. Think Ooh. about it. If buying new means that we have to pay 25 to 30% more for them, most people would rather go to the used market to buy that item used and then save the 30%. But that also means the difference for the cost of new and used would close significantly. And that's just the reality of it. And, and you wonder if they would have to transfer that even when you're paying uh, for used items, which would create many headaches like i like how would you even track that but but that would be a huge huge problem because you used market would get really really competitive and that might ultimately hurt the companies that are trying to sell goods. And drawback number five, your Roth IRA could be taxed twice. It is money you already really paid true. taxes on, and when you invest it and it grows into whatever it does in retirement and you withdraw it, you will use that money to buy things with, which will be taxed again. So those are some of the pros and cons of the national consumption tax, but long story short, the Fair Tax Act just votes to reduce the funding for the IRS, to get rid of it, and to create this new tax system. Now here's the question. If we already know that the Democrats in the Senate are going to vote against it, and the president would vote to repeal it, then why on earth is this political theater going on? Here's what I think. Please remember, this is just my theory and my thinking about this, but I think the national consumption tax is an extremely popular idea among the general population. Ask someone random on the street right now, would you like to lower your taxes and never pay them at all? Of course I would. I will say taxes are, the tax strategy package that we sell is very attractive because if we can help entrepreneurs pay less in taxes, who doesn't want that? And so this, this whole tax benefit, it's really black and white. It's like if you can help people pay less in taxes, majority of people, if they're thinking about themselves, would want that. Would you like to never file your taxes with the IRS because they no longer exist? Of course I would. Would you like to never receive a letter from the IRS and ever get a heart attack? Of course I would. Would you like to extend your car's warranty insurance? No, get out of my face with that. But you get the idea. Everyone would get behind those ideas. I support the national consumption tax if it was implemented in a way that was responsible, thought out, and well-researched. But here's the thing. Even though the national consumption tax is extremely easy to understand as compared to our broken and complicated 
tax code today, it is still extremely hard to put it in a way that doesn't affect people like retirees and the lower income families. In fact, there are so many things that we don't know, we don't know about in terms of how it would affect the economy that neither party has ever been brave enough to actually do it. Hence why I don't think this will ever be a thing. And for evidence of this, just go back throughout history and remember all the times that both parties had a chance to do it when they all controlled the Senate, the House, and the presidency, and somehow it never was. My guess is because it's a lot more complicated to restructure everything without having a ripple effect on literally everything else. Like here's one of the questions I had. How would it work if someone lived outside the US but they were earning a US income? Obviously other countries of the world don't have the same tax code, but what if those US citizens were consuming somewhere else? Which is a loophole I'm gonna talk about in a second. <laughs> Does that mean they don't have to pay any taxes at all? So then what incentive would billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires have to stay in the US. Wouldn't they just wanna to move to Switzerland and just keep all of their income? And also, how would this have an impact in terms of the tourism and the retail markets if literally everything in the US was 30% more expensive by default? Would people that come here just not shop here at all? Because why would they if they have to pay a lot more money for those taxes? Or do they not have to pay them because they're not US citizens? There are just so many complicated questions. And those are just a couple off the top of my head. So my thinking is this national consumption tax idea will be an extremely powerful tool as a narrative to get people excited and get people elected for any party that decides to use it. But as far as actually doing it, I don't think either party has the guts or the courage to actually try it. But I'd love to see it though, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, so I just wanna say, Andre, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job on this. You do such a great job storytelling, laying it all out. Here's here's my initial thoughts. I like the idea of a consumption tax because the same thing, you're actually paying for what you're using. And um, I think this whole concept of income tax, we might think it makes sense because we're, we've just grown up with it. But overall, like, why is it okay? Why is it okay that the government is taxing us on the income that we're making. We just say that's okay. Most countries get be behind that, but it's it's very interesting. When we first started this income tax, it was like, it was supposed to be like this temporary thing to never exceed like 6% and boom, now now taxes are everywhere. And we're, we're like, it's, it's impossible to even think of a world without paying any taxes. Um, so overall, I, I think I like the concept of it, but the way it would be rolled out would be very, very difficult. And I think that's for that one reason, like no party would want to put their name behind it. Like just like no president would want to be responsible for like the downfall of the United States because of rolling out super, super complicated um, tax relook. I do agree with Andre that it would potentially affect the people that aren't even paying taxes already. Um, and so I, I can see that that look. I also think that there's always ways around the system, just like consuming things outside the country or leasing things or renting or like, when do you draw the line from a standpoint if you don't own? What if you had another entity own? What if you had a nonprofit buy certain things and then you work for the nonprofit? Because at the end of the day, um, if the wealthy already understand that ownership doesn't mean success, they want to control, they want to experience but that doesn't necessarily, they don't necessarily want title to follow. And so already a strategy for a lot of wealthy people is to get things outside their name um, because they don't necessarily want the liability and taxes that follow titleship and ownership. And so I would imagine that the same thing would, would happen. And then I actually think 
it would make the United States a lot less competitive if um, every other country was cheaper to buy. Like, why would people want to come? Why would we want to innovate? Why would we want to grow here? So I'm I'm a fan and we'll try to find a video. And if you have a good video for me to react to um, this, this flat tax concept, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't like the whole progressive, like you're making more money, you're creating more value for the economy, we're gonna tax you more. It's almost like, hey, you're you're an A player, we're going to penalize you more because you make more money. Like, that actually, we should not be okay with that. The fl A flat fee tax makes sense because it's like, hey, you're making more, you're also incentivized to make more money, um, and we are also making more revenue because you're making more. It's like everyone wins. Um, this whole progressive stair step concept, I just don't think economically makes a ton of sense. And um, I'll, I'll stop talking about that and maybe find a video to back that up and for me to react to. We'd love to hear your thoughts, consumption, pros, cons. Is there anything that Andre missed, I missed? Again, as always, love getting your video ideas, love your comments, love when you share this. And if there's anything that we can do at Better Wealth, I know I do a lot of these reaction content, there, there's anything that we can do to help you with your finances, there'll be links down below on how you can contact our company. Without further ado, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.